Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. And I am joined by Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Teresa, good to see you again. Good morning, Danny. It's great to see you. I haven't seen you for a while. I know. You have fun at the fair? I when, had a uh... great time at the fair. We had wonderful crowds. Thank you to everybody who stopped by at the Durst stage and to the Master Gardener booth. The Master Gardeners love talking Kept to the you public. busy, didn't they? It kept us busy, yeah. It was great. Mm-hmm. Now, for some folks that don't know, uh, you and your colleagues uh, from the U of M, they, we had a survey, right? Mm-hmm. We did. About this show. We had a survey, yep. Mm-hmm. And what was the question? What were we requesting there, of them? There was, there was a lot of great feedback, and, and I really appreciate that. One that really caught my eye was people were asking for, give us like a list of you know, just a few things we should be doing. And then I thought, why not a list a few things that we shouldn't be doing? So here's the oh, list good. of the things you should be doing right now. If you love gardening, maybe you want to become a master gardener. Now's the time to apply. Now is a great time for lawn care. So you want to reseed your lawn if it's thin. Um, you'll be thinking about fertilizing and aeration. That's all what you need to do this time of year. Keep mowing. Uh, if it's wa- If it's dry, keep watering. Planting bulbs is a great time, so get those daffodils and tulips and all those minor bulbs in so you have beauty in the spring. And now's a great time to get deals on perennials and trees and shrubs and get those in the garden. Well, it's a good time of year it's for that. It's a great huh? time. Get them in um, so you have six to eight weeks for them to get rooted out and uh, before the ground freezes and make sure that you mulch them uh, and keep watering them. Now, what you should not be doing now. Oh, you have that list, too. I have that list, too. <laughs> no pruning. Put the pruning shears down. Ah, Leave it alone. Why is no that? Pruning. Because you're, you're, the plants are getting ready to become dormant, mm. and when you cut, you cause a chemical reaction that says I should grow or the plant should grow. So instead of bringing energy and carbohydrates down into its root system, uses that energy to make new growth, which isn't going to make it through the winter, and oh, you've yeah. also depleted the, the root stores. Um, don't forget to harvest your vegetables. Uh, if you have uh, bare soil, make sure you're covering your bare soil. Uh, clean out. Um, what else did I write here? My writing's so bad. <laughs> I mean, don't forget to keep watering and no fertilizing. No fertilizing. No fertilizing. No pruning. But you can still fertilize your lawn. You want to fertilize your lawn? Yeah. Yes. Your lawn, you can do the one winterizer, but nobody else gets food. No, and nobody else gets pruned. I'm glad you told me that because yep. I was about to do that. Yep. No fertilizing. Yep. The watering, I was thinking about the damage that, uh, that a lot of folks in their uh, boxwoods right, had last right. year. Right, right. It's really important, especially if you have evergreens, to keep watering. Now, I don't mean to like water 24-7, yeah. but you want to make sure everything gets an inch of moisture between you and Mother Nature about every week. So you have to figure out when it's raining, snowing, whatever, until the ground's frozen. Okay. And if the ground doesn't freeze till January, I want to see you out there watering. Okay. You can put down, you can take the hoses back in, but you got to be watering if you that really, ground's not You frozen. really mean business. I mean business. <laughs> okay. Gosh darn it, people. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, those are great tips, and we'll repeat those, too, before okay. you leave us today. But we have callers, we have texters. Excellent. Let's get those callers uh, Let, let me give you that correct phone number and the text number out your way. Both, uh, the same number applies to both, 651-989-9226 for your phone calls 
uh, or text messages, 651-989-9226. Shall we go to it? Let's go to it. All and right. just put that on speed dial, like number one. So there you, you can go. Always just yeah. Then you don't have to remember it. Sharon in Eden Prairie, I believe, is first up here. Sharon, thanks for calling. What's your question? Hi, Sharon. Well, good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Um, I've heard so much about the endless summer hydrangea. Mm -hmm. And about 30 years ago, I planted one. Mm -hmm. And that year, it was red. And everyone wondered why I had a red endless summer. Right. So in the years on now... I would trim it back sometimes in the fall, nothing. Then I would wait a couple years, trim it back in the spring, nothing. Well, this year, this past year, I I, uh, trimmed it in the spring. And wouldn't you, lo and behold, I I have no clue, but I have the most beautiful blue mop head like. Now, are they supposed to? Are they supposed to be the mop head, uh, the endless summer? The endless summer is, yes, it's round. It is the round ones, yeah. It's huge, yeah. and it's absolutely gorgeous, but I only have one. Mm-hmm. Now, did you tri- did you say you trimmed it in the spring? Yes, I did. Okay, yeah. and did you trim the whole thing down or just some of it? All of it. All of it, okay. All right, so, so it blooms on new and old wood. Uh, and endless summers, they need a little more sun than we thought they did in the beginning, and they are very heavy feeders. Um, so you want to make sure they're getting a little more sun and that you are fertilizing as soon as they come out of dormancy in the spring, um, and then maybe uh, do a, a time release, or not time release, but a, an ex, a, a granular one so it lasts about 30 days. So do it every month up until the August 1st. Give them a little bit of nutrition. And also composting is good. Keep watering them. And usually I say trim things in the spring because then you, you can just cut out the dead wood that didn't make it through the winter rather than um, bringing everything down in the fall. But uh, that's what it needs, a little more fertilizer, maybe a little right. more sun. Good luck. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks for the call. 651-989-9226. Send a text if you prefer. Uh, back to the phones we go. Anne is calling from Matamita, I believe, with a question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. Hi. Good morning, Anne. Good morning, Anne. Good morning. I was just wondering what you use to disinfect the baskets that you have around your tomatoes. Okay. So you can use um, like a, a 10% bleach solution. Uh, okay. I think you could probably also use, um, there's some people use uh, the hydrogen peroxide, but I don't know how they use that. Um, also, you could use the disinfectant wipes. Uh, so you do want to take care of that. If you've had any kind of tomato diseases, that's a really good question. But the, the 10% bleach solution that you'd use on your pots works just fine. Okay, very good. Good question. T- texter says this, Teresa, my nine bark Diablo bushes grow like crazy. How often can I trim them monthly? Maybe they're growing out and block my sidewalk. <laughs> they they are a, a big a big plant. Uh, go ahead and, and prune them now again. It's too late. Um, you can prune them back a little bit just so you can get to your sidewalk all winter long. Uh, but, yeah, you can prune those all summer long if you want. That's not a problem. Again, finish your pruning by August 1st. Okay. Uh, another texture, and then we'll get back to the phones. Roots need to get a good start. Can I repeat the growth stimulator solution on the perennials I planted weeks ago? You know, I don't really know if the root stimulator will work if you do it again. Um, I don't know how to address that question. Mm. Um, I would probably call the people that make the root stimulator and ask them. Otherwise, really just having a good 
uh, good soil with a lot of microbial activity, that will be your best bet. Make sure you keep them well watered, that they're in a good soil, that you're not using a lot of heavy salts and things like that. That should help those roots grow very well. Okay. Back to the phones we go. Tom is calling from Burnsville, Minnesota, with a question. Tom, you're on with Teresa. Hey, Tom. Hi, thank you. Uh, you talked about seeding the lawn. Uh, how important is it to lay down some black dirt at this time before throwing grass seed out there? Is there a rule of thumb for that? There's there's not a rule of thumb. Um, what you'd want to do is cut your grass short, rake it up so you have as much bare soil available as possible. And if you want, uh, instead of putting down black dirt, maybe put down a little compost and then um, get that damp, but then put down your seeds. Make sure you have really good seed-to-soil contact or seed-to-compost contact, um, so you've got to press them into it. You don't want to cover them. They need to see the, the light to germinate, so you want to press them in. And then just keep watering, you know, three, four, five times a day, just little sprinkles. You just want to keep that top layer just slight, there's just moist to break that seed coat. So, so only if you have really bad soil or you have a divot that you need to put down the black dirt. Otherwise, I would just top dress with compost because you're adding organic matter to your lawn is always helpful. You mentioned Texter says... Not to prune at the beginning of the program. Does that include perennial plants or just bushes and and uh, things like that? Well, your your perennials. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be pruning them um, until they die from the frost. Then then you can prune that back if you must. They shouldn't need pruning right now. If and if you're deadheading for more flowers, um, I hate to tell you, winter will be here and you're probably not going to get more flowers. So there's really no reason to prune back. If anything's dead, you can prune it back. Or if some, a branch has died, you can always prune back dead. All right, very good. You know what we need to do? Take a quick break. All right. Teresa, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is with us answering your questions, as usual, by phone and by text. Same number applies, 651-989-9226. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, welcoming your phone calls and text messages about lawns and gardens. And as usual, Teresa, we have a bunch of them. But but you mentioned um, at the top of the show, Mm -hmm. um, would you hit that mic button? That will help. That works better. Yes. You don't have to yell. No. (laughs) Uh, that uh, about the Master Gardener program, and we did get a text saying, how and where do I apply to be a Master Gardener? Okay, I would go online to um, just Google Master Gardener, whatever county you're in, and they'll have the instructions right there. That's it? Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do? We may repeat that yep. uh, before mm-hmm. you leave us. And if you don't have a computer, you can um, figure out the phone number for your Master Gardeners and call them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right, we have callers as well. Speaking of calling, uh, let's see who's been waiting. It would be Anne calling from Buffalo. Anne, you're on with Teresa. Good morning, well, Anne. Thank you. My question is, is it too late to be transplanting like hosta and peonies and plocks no, or anything? Absolutely not. It's the perfect time. Um, oh. If something's blooming, it's not the best time, but all of those plants that you mentioned are really hardy. So go ahead and transplant. Okay, very good. Thank you, Anne. Uh, let's see who's next. It would be Barb calling from Hansford. I think, uh, Barb, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Barb. Hello, Barb. Hi. Can Hi. we help you, Barb? Um, yeah. I, um, I'm calling because of that. Um, I had this that tray and heart flower, um, and uh, it, it, it bloomed now, but it's uh, now there's another one I think that's coming toward, coming with it. Okay. What do I do with this one that I, that's already bloomed? Okay, is that a bleeding heart? Did you say or it's it's a 
It's a praying heart. Praying heart. Okay, I don't know what a praying heart is, but um, once once a plant has finished blooming, you can cut those blooms off, and often that will let a new bloom come back. Or yeah, so once it's finished with that icky bloom that's all yucky, you can go ahead and cut that off. Um, cut it back so that you don't see like a stick out there. You want to cut it back to a leaf or way back to the center of the plant, just so it looks nice and tidy. And then that's all you got to do. Texter wants to know when and how should I divide hosta in the fall. You can divide them. You can dig the whole plant up. You can divide it into as many pieces as you want. You get the little points on it, and then you want to plant each one out. Uh, same depth as it was before. If you have a heavy clay soil, you may want to raise it up just a little bit so they don't get a crown rot. Um, or you can just, some people just cut down like a side of it and take out a clump of it, and so they have a lopsided hosta this year, and then they just move that little bit on. So it's up to you however you want to do it. Another text says this, is there anything I can do with the soil in our tropical hibiscus so there won't be so many bugs when we bring it inside the house for the winter? Hmm. Uh, well, I don't know what kind of bugs you have in the soil, but uh, you could you could use um, uh, water with a little bit of so- uh, uh, insecticidal soap. Um, add that to the water that you water. But um, any bugs in the soil, I'm not quite sure what kind of bugs you're having in there. Uh, just clean up the pot really good and keep it segregated from the rest of the plants when you bring it into the house. Um, if, it, if you're getting a lot of little flies that, or little things that jump up when you water, um, just, just maybe top, you can top dress your soils with a little bit of uh, sand, and then that will dry it out and you won't have those, those in the soil. All right. Let's go to uh, Prior Lake. I think Mike has been waiting there for a, a question. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Uh, we have at our lake home up near Onamia, we have a real bad problem with creeping Charlie. Mm-hmm. So, wondering what kind of an ideas do you have to eradicate that? Sure. Fall is one of the best times to get rid of your broadleaf weeds. Um, for the creeping Charlie, Use a product that says it will kill creeping Charlie. Make sure that you, if you're applying it over a tree root system or near your garden. Now, you don't, anything in your garden, those are broadleaf plants too. So if you spray creeping Charlie and you spray your peonies, they're both going to die. So, so you want to be really careful. If it's in your lawn, don't worry about it. They're two different things, broadleaf and, and the grass are two different things. Um, go ahead, and you want to spray with something that says it's okay to use on Creeping Charlie. When we get the first frost, it's a really good time to do it because the plants are really bringing all that energy from the sun and photosynthesizing like little crazy things and dragging all that energy into the root system so they really pull that poison down. You may need to treat it um, again in the spring when it's flowering. Those are the best times to hit Creeping Charlie. Very good. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Ralph is calling in from Plymouth to ask Teresa Rooney a question. Ralph, uh, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Ralph. Morning. Um, question on the birch trees, you know, the roots are exposing up to the surface. Uh, is it okay to chew them down or not? Um, I would not. Uh, usually birch don't have surface roots, but if, they, if they're bringing up their roots to the surface, there's a reason for that. Maybe it's a high water table or, or the soil's a little compacted and... But you don't want to destroy roots that are on the surface. You don't want to cover them up. If you're mowing and you're scalping them, you may want to consider just planting maybe a little woodland garden under your birch tree and just reduce your mowing and make your lawn look really nice. And then you have a little wooden garden next to your lawn, and it makes each one look a little bit better, and you don't have to worry about those roots. 
Phone uh, number and the text number are the same. 651-989-9226. Here's a text, Teresa. Is it okay to put compost around the base of trees now? It, it's always okay to top dress with compost. Make sure that when you're putting stuff around a tree, you keep it a good two to three inches away from the trunk of the tree so nothing ever touches the trunk of the tree. Um, and, and you always want your tree to have the root flare so you can see the first where the first root would start to be coming out. You don't want to bury your tree like you would a tomato. But it's always okay to top dress around out where the roots are on the trees. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's another text. I have uh, Aphrodite hostas. I get beautiful blooms, huge, but they get brown and shriveled before they open to their beautiful aroma. They are in morning sun. How often to fertilize? You know, uh, hostas don't really need a lot of fertilizing. Um, uh, just give them something in the spring if you want to. A little compost, uh, top dressed a few times a year was working too. I'm not sure why they're they're browning like that. Mm. That's a little weird. But I noticed my hostas did something similar this really? year. They they didn't open for very long and then they were brown really fast. I don't know if it was a wind. I don't I don't know why it did that. Okay. All right, let's see who let's go back to the phones and uh Bob is calling in from Circle Pines this morning. Bob, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Bob. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? Excellent. Um so I have a row of lilacs I planted as a windbreak and they've kind of got out of control. They're like eight, <laughs> nine feet high. Uh-huh. Um wide. We can't even mow underneath them right now. Mm-hmm. When do I trim them back and how far down can I trim? I still want them as a windbreak, but mm-hmm. I I don't need them eight, nine feet gotcha. high. Gotcha. Totally understand. Okay. So for everybody else out there, too, there's uh, go to extension.umn.edu, and um, you can click on um, how to rehabilitate your, your big trees and shrubs. Um, so what you want to do is in January, February, March, you want to look at how many branches, how many stems are coming out. You want to take a third of those stems right down to the ground. So if you have 21 stems, you're going to take out seven, seven stems right down to the ground. And that will spur more growth to come up. So you get like a little thicket of new growth. But you'll, And then you do that the next year and the next year. So after three years, you've cut down the whole thing to ground level. But you now have plants that are three to five feet tall. And they are used to always get blooms every single year. If you don't want to do that, you can chop everything right down to the ground. You won't have blooms for two to three years, um, but then you'll have a plant, plants that are three to five feet tall, too. So you can do it in one chop or three. Or three. Okay, very good. Teresa, we need to take our okay. usual break here. We have another half hour of the show to go. If you want to call in your lawn or garden questions, 651-989-9226, or send a text, same number, 651-989-9226. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. Danny Longer here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney. And as usual, Teresa, we have callers, we have texters. So let's see how many uh, folks. I love our callers we can, and texters. We can, we can help out. <laughs> uh, let's see who's been waiting. It would be Dave calling from Rosemont, I believe. Dave, you're on the CCO with, uh, with Teresa. Hi, Dave. Yes, hi. Can you hear me? I uh, can, can hear, hear you. you. Great. What's your question? Yeah, um, we've got this grass growing in our yard. It's called quack. Mm-hmm. And apparently the only thing that kills it is Roundup, but Roundup kills everything. And the problem with this quack grass is it's everywhere in our yard. So if we use Roundup to kill it, we'd have to kill out our whole yard. And is that's, there anything that they have right now that will kill that? You know, um, you could, you no, you're going to have to use something like a grass be gone 
or or something like the glyphosate that will take it out. Quackgrass spreads by its roots. Every little bit of root that you leave in there will start another plant. It's a very aggressive plant. And I would go to the extension.umn.edu and click on the lawn and garden section and look at redoing your lawn. It'll give you some really good ideas about how to go about taking care of this um, and getting the the quack grass and the weeds out and starting. It sounds like you're going to have to start from scratch or enjoy a lawn of crack, quack grass. It's, <laughs> right. it, it's, a, tu- it's a tough weed to get rid of. Yeah, it, it is. is. But it I is. think you're right, and we've had to give that advice a lot that yeah. you have to destroy everything and start Sometimes over. Sometimes you do, and that's yeah. a great time then to put in you know, some trees and some garden beds and, yeah. and reduce your lawn size so you have lawn that you still can handle. It looks great, and you have other things going on too, so, so the lawn, the yard looks a little more interesting. Very good. Let's go to Owatonna, Minnesota. Paulette is there with a question for Teresa. Good morning, Paulette. Good morning, Paulette. Good morning. Um, So I redid my backyard, Mm -hmm. and I planted hostas everywhere, Mm -hmm. and the deer have eaten them all. I live out in the country. Mm -hmm. We tried the egg-based deterrent, Mm -hmm. which did absolutely nothing. I did hear about, I'm going to electric fence, if that's the next thing. But one thing I did hear was um, a motion detector water sprayer. Yep, like the scarecrow. That one will work. Um, and, and you may want to do things a little, change things up a little bit. Of course, I wrote a book called Critter Humane Critter Control, but um, you may want to change things up a little bit. Um, you can uh, use your motion detected, detector, detector. Motion um, activated water sprinkler. Uh, lights sometimes help at night. Electric fences will work. Different fragrances of smells, blood meal, uh, maybe garlic one time, uh, plant skid another time, things like deer, deer or hinder things. You got to keep changing things up all the time. And physical barriers like deer netting. Um, laying. If you know how the deer come into your lawn, into your yard all the time, you can lay chicken wire on the ground and they start walking on that and they don't like that. You can put up deer fencing in that area and then hopefully they'll go somewhere else. You've got to kind of start it early in the in the spring or late in the fall so they just don't get used to coming to that area. You just you don't want them to know where there's food there. So so they know where it is now and they're going to come and keep coming. But it's yeah. it's a challenge it if really you live is. out. In deer country, it's oh, a challenge. Yes. You know. They can do a lot of damage. They can do a lot of damage. But then I was talking to a master gardener who has bears, so that's a little bit different. <laughs> and <laughs> At I think least I, the deer don't maul and you. And <laughs> I think we, we've we've talked to, to Julie, who has friends mm-hmm. in Africa. Yeah. And they oh, have, and they have like lions and They have elephants, elephants stomping through yeah. their garden. Yeah. So a deer <laughs> versus an elephant. Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting off really easy here. <laughs> Texter says, can I save potting soil used for tomatoes and planters for next year? You could. Um, I I might not use that for your tomatoes. Maybe use it for something else. Um, if you didn't have any diseases and everything grew fine, that's wonderful. I probably would not grow tomatoes in there again just because tomatoes used up all the energy. Um, add a little bit of compost in there and go ahead and plant stuff. Okay. Uh, by the way, if you want to send a text message uh, to Teresa, uh, it's 651-989-9226, same as the phone number. Another texter says, can I uh, can a small 8-inch oak tree be replanted to a better location? How and when? 
Yep, you could do that now. Uh, dig up a really big root ball and go really go as deep as you possibly can because it may have a, a little bit of a root there. Um, and try not to disturb the roots and just go ahead and move it. And then do protect it from the in the wintertime. Uh, put something around it, maybe chicken wire, so that the bunny and the deer don't eat it and the mice don't eat it. Okay. Uh, another texter says, I planted grass seed in a, a few bare areas around September 1st. Now, they're starting to come up slowly. Do I leave the burlap on through the winter or remove it and when? Um, so you probably, you can, if you want to carefully remove the burlap now, you can do that so that the grass doesn't really hold on to it. Unless it was the kind of burlap where you're supposed to leave it on forever because it'll disintegrate. But um, go ahead and pull that up uh, gently so you don't pull out the little seedlings. If you want, you can wait one more week just so they don't get really rooted in there. Um, and then just keep watering it. And that'll be good. I was telling you off the air that I tried for the first time to repair a certain areas of my yeah. lawn that mm-hmm. uh, some workers damaged. It happens. And it does happen. <laughs> and uh, I did the whole seating thing like you mm-hmm. guys talk about. Mm-hmm. But I put a, 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 I think they call it a seed blanket. Yeah. On yeah. It. And it supposedly, like you said, that deteriorates. Yeah. It deteriorates and yeah, it protects the seeds so that the migrating birds don't eat all but your you bird keep food it out there. Wet, don't You've you got to keep it damp because... When when seeds get damp, that breaks the seed coat and that wakes them up. Mm. If the seed never gets damp or doesn't stay damp long enough, it will never wake up and germinate. Oh, makes sense. All right. Let's see. I was told, and Texter says this, I was told by a nursery I should have my birch and linden tree fertilized. What would be good for them? Well, I don't want to... To um to, to, to say anything against the nursery, trees don't really need fertilizing. They have a huge root system. They're going out looking for nutrition. If you want to do anything nice, you can always top dress with a little compost. More toward the drip line, that's where those feeder roots are. But really, your trees don't need fertilizing. Mm, all right. You know, if, especially if you're going to, you know, compost or let some of the leaves stay there. Mother Nature doesn't, you know, send out you know, ten, ten, ten fertilizer. She just, like, recycles those leaves. All right. Good news. Uh, Texter says, I overwinter geraniums in the house. Could you please talk about how to ready the plants to come indoors, insecticide and or fungus soaps, et cetera? Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, so any of your plants outside that you want to bring in, your your perennials or, your, or I'm sorry, your annuals, what you want to do is move them into the shade now so they get used to less sunlight. And you want to keep watering them, everything else as you normally do. Then just before you bring them in, give them a really good bath. Make sure that they don't have any bugs or anything on them. Give them a good spray of water. If you're worried about a lot of insects, you can use an insecticidal soap. Remember to clean the pots, the bottom, and the the saucers too. Then bring them into the house and keep them segregated from the rest of your plants for about two to three weeks. You want to make sure they didn't bring anything in. Once they're okay, you can move them into the sunniest areas of your home and enjoy them in the wintertime. Um, and that's all. and don't, don't fertilize them in the house unless they're actively growing, and you should be good. If you have a kind of lawn and garden question you want to ask uh, Teresa, you can call it in or text it in, same number, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. Another text says, "I had a, a maple tree removed. Can I put Roundup on this area and then later lay down sod?" You don't have to do that. I wouldn't think um, you'd have to do no. that. No, um, the Roundup or the glyphosate—you have to put that on living tissue, on leaves, and that's what brings down the poison and kills everything. 
If you're worried that it's going to send suckers up, um, I wouldn't worry too much about that because once you put down your sod, uh, you know, I put down some compost and and work that in, have a nice area, put down your sod, um, and then just take care of your sod. And as you mow, you will get rid of most of those suckers if they do happen to come up, but you don't need Roundup. Good. Very good. Uh, Let's see. Another text, then we'll get back to the phones. Uh, My ever-bearing strawberries have mushy spots. What's causing this and what can I do to prevent it uh, this year? Okay, mushy straw spots on the strawberries. I'm guessing that they were damaged. Maybe they got hit by hail. There may be some fungus out there, but it, probably they got damaged somehow. We had a lot of different hailstorms come through. That could do it. Um, they may have just been hit by wind or whatever, um, carrying rocks or, or little bits of stones and that. Um, you know, it, it, it's probably not a problem that you're going to see every year. If you haven't seen it other years, I just make sure this year you, when you cut back your strawberries that you clean up really good in the fall, get all the debris out of there, and then give them a good mulch layer. And then next spring when you bring them out, give them some, some fertilizer or some compost and, and just keep an eye out and make sure that they don't have funguses coming through. All right. Very good. Let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's see. Paul is calling in this morning with a question for Teresa. Paul, go ahead, please. Hi, Paul. Yeah. Hi. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm well. How are you? Great. Um, we're moving, and I have some rhubarb plants that I want to take with us. Mm-hmm. I'm just moving from Otana to Corcoran, mm-hmm. and there's three plants I want to take with. And there's also, I also have a bed of columbine, and I'd like to know the best way to move them do i have to keep them in the house if i move them now and wait till when, it warms up or when are you now? when are you getting into your new home well we're in it now right now we oh have okay homes. okay so, so so if you can plant them now that would be wonderful just dig them up Try not to disturb the roots that much and go ahead and plant them. If you don't really know where you want them at your new house, do a little temporary bed. Put everything in there. Plant it, your columbines, your rhubarb, everything in there. Keep it well watered. Um, This winter, as the ground starts to freeze, maybe give it a little bit of extra cover of leaves. And then next spring, take the leaves off. And if you need to move the plants at that time because you figured out where you're going to put your garden, you can go ahead and do it. But Dig them up now, bring them to the new house, and good luck on your new house. Yeah, good luck. That's Thanks. cool. Thanks for the call. Teresa, we'll need to take a quick, okay. quick break here. Let's uh, rejoin our listeners by a text and phone when we come back after this quick break. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, helping you out by phone and by text as usual. And as usual, Teresa, we have a bunch of both. So let's, Excellent. Let's get to them. Uh, who has been waiting? It would be uh, Joe. Calling in from uh, Shoreview. Joey, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Thank you. I have an area on each side of my driveway where in the wintertime there are large mounds of snow. And it seems like the chemistry in those areas of the soil may be changing because the grass just looks absolutely horrible. Is there anything I can do to change the chemistry or put some kind of certain fertilizer? My fear is, you know, that area gets lots of salt in the wintertime and uh, the grass just looks horrible. Yep. Um, There's some options you can do, and people can use this on their boulevard too. What you might want to consider is laying down the... um, the uh, white reme, it's the, the floating roll cover fabric, right on the grass before the first snow falls. When you put your snow, then put the snow on top of it, and, um, and then um, as the snow melts, hopefully that will stop some of the salt from getting in. But if you're salting your driveway, there's a lot of salt in there um, and gravel, and that just kind of messes up 
the um the 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 pH and everything in the soil. Also, you can top dress with compost, and and then you would pull that off in the spring. You can also um lay down a layer of leaves. That's what I would do. I would put down the re- the floating roll cover, and then put down a bunch of leaves, and then put the snow on top of the leaves. That's what I meant to say. And then in the spring, as the snow melts, the leaves and the the blanket will filter a lot of that salt out, and then you just take off the leaves and the and the um and don't put them in your compost bin, but um just send them to the city or whatever to compost and save the fabric for next year and use it again. Uh, top dress with a little compost, and then you may need to reseed in those areas. You want maybe want to use a, a seed that's really good for salt tolerance, so look for that. Um, and you may just want to maybe put a, a mulch in that area or grow some low-growing ground covers that can handle the salty areas. And there's a book called The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites, and there is something. You can get that for free online. Um, there are some um, some boulevard ideas on there and, and plants that can take some of that salt. You know, what we haven't done yet is given that U, U of M uh, website. Extension.umn.edu. So if I can't get to you. You can't get to us. You can go to the extension site and just sit there and really enjoy it. A lot gardening. of good stuff on there. Lots of good stuff. Again, yeah. what, what is it exactly? Extension.umn.edu. And if you can't remember all of that, just say Hosta UMN, like University of Minnesota. It'll bring you to the site or raspberries or deer. So just, just use our university. They are amazing. They have done a lot of research. Um, there's a lot of stuff there. Great, great reading for sure. Mm-hmm. Text says, is there a best time to transplant flocks? When it's not blooming is the best time. So spring would be a best time. It's blooming now. It's not the best time. But sometimes you have to move stuff. So just try not to disturb it, move it, and it'll be fine. Uh, texter from Big Lake says this, does bee balm grow well in this area, and does it come in different colors? Bee balm, Minarda, um, I'm, the Big Lake, they said, right? Okay. Yes. Um, so, so yep. Yeah, Monarda is really hardy in our area. It can take a little bit of sun, a little bit of shade, and there are all kinds of different ones. There's tall ones and short ones, and pink ones and dark red ones, and some are more resistant to powdery mildew, and they're absolutely beautiful and grow them. Is there a benefit? Texter says to putting the remainder of my preen down now. Maybe works in, into spring. No. Don't don't mm-mm. don't do it. It'll, it'll you'll be wasting it. There's you know there's not much starting to to grow now from seed except your grass and you don't want to put that on, and it would it would be gone by that time. It would be washed away. Don't do it. All right, we have Texter says horseweed. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Growing abundantly in our wildflower garden, which was planted three years ago. It isn't anywhere else on our twenty plus acre property. Mm-hmm. Any suggestions to eradicate? We have been hand pulling and clipping. Must have come with the wild a wildflower seed was previously a vegetable garden area. It or it could have just been blown into. I would just keep hand pulling it and try to get as much out as you could. Um, I had one growing in my yard one time. I didn't know what it was. I thought, oh, this cool plant, it's getting really big. And there was a reason it got really big, um, because it was a weed. It was a weed. <laughs> so I'm well familiar with horseweed. <laughs> Teresa, a texter wants to know, how do I move a uh, spruce tree? It depends. It depends on how big it is. If it's 
if it's really big, you're going to have to get a tree spade. And I wouldn't move it now. I'd wait till spring um, or unless you can get it done this week. They're, they're going to take eight weeks to get used to being where they are because they're evergreens. And that means eight weeks before the ground freezes. Otherwise, you just move it um, at the biggest of the root system as you possibly can. If you want to wait till spring, you could do a root pruning now where you just sink your shovel in, one shovel deep, all the way around the tree, the root system that you'll want to save and keep it really well watered this fall. And then in the spring, go ahead and recut that area and then cut deeper and bring up the bottom of the roots and pull up the whole thing and then I'll move it. Okay. Now, what was the name of your book about the critters? Um, Humane Critter Control. Humane Critter Control. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a text that you might be able to uh, answer. Is there anything I can add to my soil to get rid of grubs? There are things that you can put in the soil that will get rid of grubs. They often kill a lot of other things in the soil. Um, Molds will come and eat a lot of the grubs. Uh, So so you kind of have to figure out what the problem is, how bad is it, where are the grubs. If they're killing your lawn, you may want to use a problem that or a product that does kill the grubs. Um, But again, that's going to impact a lot of the other things. Do you think uh, hosta, this is a text now, think hostas around oak trees is okay? Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. No, it hurts neither. It hurts neither, <laughs> yeah. And um, also uh, those nuts, um, the nuts we can grow here, the little, anyway, it doesn't matter. Our native, we have native nuts and I'm just the little round, not, not hazelnuts. Oh, really? Hazelnuts and oak trees are a good combination too. How about that? Yep. I have a four-foot burr oak tree, Texter says, that I want to transplant. When would be the best time to do that? You can do it now. Uh, just move it, uh, disturb the roots as little as possible, and move it. Otherwise, move it first thing in the spring. Another Texter says, can I cut my raspberry plants down now and to what height? Nope, now is not a good time. Anything that's dead, you can cut it out now. Otherwise, I'll go to extension.umn.edu, click on the Garden tab, and go to the raspberries. Um, the raspberry, they have a really great four-page raspberry article, and it will tell you how and when to cut them down. It'll be done um, late, late winter, early spring. All right, another texture wants to know, what may be eating my low-growing plants in the garden? There are small holes in all my plants, in particular a garden. In a particular garden, this occurred early in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, it, early in the spring, it was probably little caterpillars. And um, don't be mad at the caterpillars because those are really baby bird food. So be really happy that you had caterpillars that the birds could come and take and bring to their babies and feed their babies. Um, so, And as you notice, if that happened in the spring, your plants are still looking good now. It's fine. It's not a big deal. So be happy that you were able to feed caterpillars that then fed birds and you had more bird, wildlife, and everything. Here's a long question. I don't have time, Texas says, to aerate this fall. Can I do it in the spring? You can. It's not the best time. I would I would wait till maybe next spring or next fall. Next then. fall. Mm-hmm. Pass on that uh, yeah. for, this, for this fall. Uh, what is causing the leaves on black-eyed Susans to turn brown? Can I cut the stems off peonies? Well, there are two questions okay. here. Uh, because of powdery mildew. You know, I'd, I'd leave the, the powdery mildew peonies alone until they're killed by the frost, then cut them down. You always want to clear up your peonies every year down to the soil and toss that um, to the city compost. Your black-eyed rebecchias probably have a fungal disease, which is really typical for them. Um, if you can get more air circulation, that's good. Uh, around the plants, thin them out a little bit, or use fungicides in the in the spring, um, maybe midsummer. Start using that. Otherwise, it's just something they always get. It just 
just is what black-eyed Susans get. And maybe in 30 seconds you can tell folks again who want to be a master gardener how oh, they can yes. do that. So if you want to be a master gardener, contact your extension office, your local master gardeners. If you see them out at the um, garden centers or the farmer's markets, talk to them there and uh, uh, put in your application. I bet you might even find a few at the Arboretum. There's, yep, we have talk, well, let's talk plants out at the Arboretum, and we still have Master Gardeners here in the cities at most of the farmer's markets till they're done. Outstanding. Good to see you again, Teresa. Good to see Thank you, you so much. Take care. We'll see you down the road, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, visiting with us uh, this morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.